This series is coming out of a genuine love for the local church. We've served in the local church, and we truly believe that the church at its best is the answer to a lot of the issues facing our communities and the world. Yeah, so just to get it out of the way, we know there will always be problems between light and dark. We know that the world will hate the truth and the life because we saw what happened on Calvary. However, there are things that the church has consistently done and is still doing to harm the witness of Christians. And if we can't be accountable to the cross and to each other, we will continue to reap the rightful judgment of our actions from a sinful world. So let's get into it. Stains on the church. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And we are continuing our series, Stains on the Church. And this uh, stain on the church is... Not PG. It's not PG. So if you got kids in the room, take them out the room, put your headphones in, um, do something else, because we are going to talk about sexual impurity mm. as a stain on the church. It's a big one. <laughs> it is. It's a, it happens a lot. We yeah. all know somebody, local or not local, there's a famous pastor. When I said sexual impurity and the church, all of you thought of somebody. You the most recent of, one. Right. You thought that, of that, I thought that one person who was like, oh, yeah, that pastor that got caught sleeping around or that pastor mm -hmm. that did this or that. Pa There's always and a lot of people like we have experienced in the local church that there are um, issues of sexual impurity that are so common in local clergy, mm -hmm. um, local church leaders. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's just kind of glossed over. It's just a thing that people don't discuss. Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, they stopped serving in that position yeah. or yeah. they moved to a different church, but, yeah. but wait, hold on though. No, we need to talk about this. Well, and I will say even like, it's not just the, oftentimes the acts mm -hmm. that will get people in trouble. Yeah. Um, or even that become the stain on the church. So like um, a situation we actually were like familiar with mm -hmm. was where there was some sexual impurity and it wasn't just the, the acts of, and the situation where the person was caught and they had to like, come clean about it that wasn't what people pointed to that was yeah. like well this pastor did this and that's why i don't go to church it wasn't that it was the reactions to the the issues it was the and so it's yeah. not just the one thing it's oftentimes like it compounds the issues and it's this that's why i said it's a big stain because yeah. you don't just deal with the act in the moment of like oh this pastor or this clergy person did this and that's why it's like, well, then it opened up this huge um, can of worms, so to speak, yeah. of all the other areas that we hadn't been addressing this. And that's, that's right. one of the things that sexual impurity does is it exposes like, and we've got a yeah. lot of issues in the church to talk about. Yeah, because sexual impurity works insidiously. Like mm -hmm. it works, it thrives in secrecy. Yeah. And so uh, first, I guess we should talk about what sexual impurity is, because I think mm -hmm. that phrase, if you're not a churchy person. If you've never been like you didn't grow up in church and you hear that word and you're like impurity. What, yeah, can, it's like a church word. Yeah. Pastor really, Luke talks about church words. Exactly. <laughs> We're stealing that from you, Pastor Luke, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, if you hear that church word, it's we need to kind of put some some um, words around it. Yeah. Some and skin so, on it. Some skin on it. And so some of the Start talking about sex. Don't make that face when Sorry, it makes me laugh. Skin on it. <laughs> and so some of the things that are considered sexually impure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, pornography is sexually impure um, uh, affairs, right? Everybody knows affairs and not just physical ones. Yeah. Physical, emotional, 
um, affairs is sexual impurity. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, have been pastors and people who use escorts. There are, there are married mm-hmm. Christian couples that, that go to strip clubs together. That's impure. They're, or that are swingers. Swingers, impurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so scripture talks about keeping the marriage bed undefiled. Yeah. And so what that means is the marriage bed is supposed to be the, the act of sex. That's what they mean by the marriage bed. The mm-hmm. act of sex is supposed to be kept um, holy. There's freedom in that between a husband and a wife to mm-hmm. explore sexuality together, to explore their God-given gift in marriage. With each other. With each other. Yeah. But when you start bringing other people, when you start, uh, when you take that act outside of marriage mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form, um, any romantic feelings or acts towards children, yes. um, smut novels. Mm-hmm. Now, this, is, this was a big one. Do you remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out? Y'all, yes. we had, we personally got into arguments with um No, it wasn't we. No, I we got, got into a couple. Okay, I, was like, I remember one. I got. You did. You got whew. into more. But I got into a couple very uh, pointed conversations with women where I was like, no, that's still pornography. Mm-hmm. Like, just because there's no pictures doesn't mean it's not sexually impure. Yeah. And I think um, as a church, we have allowed a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. to thrive within the boundaries of the church, within the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. Um. And when like over and over and over and over and over in scripture, mm-hmm. we're told that we're supposed to be a pure people, a people called out from the world. Yeah. Yet we allow the world's sexual ethic to influence the church. The what? Influence the church, not influence, influence. That's different. <laughs> different. I never heard that one. Sometimes you got to put extra emphasis on different syllables. Did you influence my child? <laughs> you were driving under the influence. <laughs> You were just you were just drunk. You were driving under the influence, and so that is a problem. You can put sir. the on the emphasis on the last one, influence. You it. could. <laughs> it depends on what you're trying to Accomplish. emphasize. <laughs> um, so, but and I, I I agree with you. Like we do take the world's sexual ethic, and we say, oh well, we can do it that way. And one of the things I've heard very often, I heard it when I was a teenager. I've heard it since being an adult. Is the everything but method. Everything but. Everything but B-U-T. Oh, so you like got that everything but. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, which isn't necessarily like a, a bad thing if you have an everything but. It's like a bacon. <laughs> yeah, sesame seeds, poppy seeds, <laughs> Onion. everything. Anyway, go um, ahead. Sorry. But no, it's this understanding that, well, I can do everything up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it is sexual, if I'm not actually having the act of sex, therefore yeah. I'm not guilty. And this is, um, honestly, teenagers, we've, we see that um, there's a falling prey to this oh, yeah. sexual belief. The sexual um, ethic. That happens. And even in the church, even in the church building at church camp, at church camp, y'all at, like I had friends. I will, this is a true story. I had friends who literally told me they learned about certain sexual acts at church camp and were told mm-hmm. by older teenagers. This wasn't from camp counselors. We're told by older teacher or older, excuse me, older students teaching them that, well, you should learn about it here. Oh my goodness. Come on now. Because you're among Friends, you're among Christians. It's, yeah, it's a we're church. Believers, we're believers. So we so you should learn this. about it from us, which is completely false. Yeah, that's not. No, good. you should not be learning about that from your junior camp counselor. No, who's you know five years your senior and thinks you're cute. No, that's not who you learn about sex from. No, you should be learning about it from a healthy um, Christian couple. Hopefully, your parents who can teach you those things. But it's the everything but method. I yep. can do everything leading up to a certain point, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm still, not guilty yeah, of impurity. Because the world, like they draw that line. Um, the church has consistently drawn the line at like sex at yes, the act um, heterosexual of. penetration. That's where they, okay. Yes. Because there have even been um, um, like exceptions made from same sex. Like, well, it's not really sex. 
because mm. we were just touching. We okay. were just, it's like, no, you're still, that's still impurity. Mm. And what God has called, I love um, Christopher Yuan when he talks yeah, about the different sexuality. Yeah. He says it's not about heterosexual or homosexual. He, he talks about um, any sexuality as a Christian is about purity. It's yes. holy sexuality or unholy. That's really the only dynamics yeah. we have. And the question to be answered in that is, is this glorifying to God? That's right. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that the church does so often um, when we adopt the world's sexual ethic, and we're really good at this, we'll adopt the world's sexual ethic and say, oh yeah, we can do all these things, but then we'll pick out the few things that we think are exceptionally, are, are gross, right? We're like- Ew, we, but no, not that. Exactly. Ew, ew. Exactly. No, but not Brussels sprouts. Gross. No, no. Don't like those. Don't like what you're doing there. Don't do that. Um, ew, don't touch that. Ew, mm-hmm. gross. Yuck. Mm-hmm. And so we'll pick out the few things that we don't like and we'll say, okay, those are the issues. These are the things, and this is how it becomes a stain on the church is because when we go out into the world as um, image bearers of Christ, as those Mm -hmm. preaching the good news, the gospel, when we talk about we've been set free and we're different and we're changed, yet the world can look at the church and say, but you guys look the exact same as us. Mm -hmm. You're just so focused on these couple things. Yeah, but but you guys still have an Asherah pole right in the middle of your gathering. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I hear, yes, okay, yeah, that's gross, whatever. You don't like that. But you still are... You're still doing things the exact same way, but you're just saying you're doing it for Mm -hmm. a different reason. Yeah. And even so, and here's the thing, because when I, I'm nuancing the few things, the church is mad. The big thing is homosexuality, right? Like the church uh, having their stance against homosexuality. And the fact that uh, the world looks at the church and says, how can you be against homosexuality when you allow polygamy and polyamory Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. allow Mm -hmm. um, affairs and child molestation Mm -hmm. and you, you allow all this other stuff. Yep. Yet you're, you're mad about these couple things. Mm-hmm. You're mad about homosexuality. And here's the thing. There have been so many pastors who have been outspoken um, tyrants against the LGBT community mm-hmm. that have actually been part of the LGBT community. What's that about? <laughs> so uh, what y'all talking what, about? What's that about now? So you, you see, and it becomes a stain on the church because Satan starts to work in this beautiful image that God has given us, he starts mm-hmm. to twist it and distort it because God yeah. has given us sex as a gift, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about it on several episodes. Uh, go back and watch them. But we've talked about how sex is a gift that God has blessed the marriage bed with. God has mm-hmm. blessed this relationship, this marital relationship with mm-hmm. sex. And Satan comes in and he starts to, to distort it in the church so that our witness will be flawed mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm- I don't even think there's much more to say the end than that. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> but really, and, and honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with um, not understanding the implications of our sexual impurity. So like yeah. we can, again, we can all point to, you know, this pastor or this person, this leader this and, deacon. and their, how yeah. they got exposed and what they did and the pictures they sent or the whatever. Um, or we can look at the Catholic church and the, the stain yeah. on the Catholic church in particular of um, sexual impurity toward children, towards yeah. um, the altar boy. Mm-hmm. And um, we look at that, but we don't realize again, the implications of those things or what it, what it means for us as a people. And I mean, yeah. a people marked by the blood of Jesus. What does yeah. it mean for us when we have these acts being done? And now if you mm-hmm. look at the New Testament, Paul did not mince words. Not at all. The, even the Old Testament, they didn't mince words about what you should do when you encounter these things That's because right. these acts were an abomination. They were not an abomination as in, ew, you're gross, don't do that. <laughs> exactly. To understand what an abomination was, it was like this now has made you not a people separate from the world. That's right. Now you are calling God a liar mm-hmm. when he called you out of darkness into his marvelous land. Now you're saying that's not who God is. Mm-hmm. You are now putting um, impurity on the personhood of God and who he said he is. You are now blaspheming. 
Yeah. That's why it's an issue. <sighs> that's it's, heavy. It's y'all. not just so heavy. Oh no, you got caught giving up the bathroom. That's not yeah. what it's about. It's about, yeah. well, you, this is the identity that you're marked by. And now you are saying that your identity is actually in something else. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. And so the implication of, of sexual impurity is not just guys, we all need to wait until we're married and just be perfect little virgins. It's not about that. Yeah, it's not about the image of perfection. It's no. not about the image no. of being good because nobody is good. It's about, um, so sex is the only sin, sexual sins are the only sin that violate like your innermost being, yeah. like violate the <clears throat> image of God in you. Because most other things that you do are external, but only mm-hmm. sex um, is one of those things that emanates and, and distorts in the heart. Mm-hmm. And it starts to twist and warp your image of the worldview or your image and worldview. And it starts to um, put you in this position where you're trying to live in two identities. You're trying to live in this identity of uh, a new create- creation. That's a, that's a different word. There's so many words you're saying today that are really just, interesting. I don't know what's happening to <laughs> my tongue and how I'm talking. <laughs> you're trying to be this new creation that God has made you. And yet you are, as scripture says, you're marrying yourself. You're, mm. you're binding yourself to, to the world. And mm-hmm. so therefore you make the, the Holy Spirit a whore in that. Like you're, you're bonding your holiness to the impurity of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a stain on how you relate to the church because so many times, oh man, there's so many issues and, and stories you've hear of, um, actually, if you've ever seen the movie Friday, right? So do you remember the movie Friday? Mm-hmm. So Bernie Mac's character, he, uh, he pulls up and, uh, he starts talking to, uh, um, ice cube and and telling them and and chris tucker and telling them about church and you need to come to church and all this <laughs> stuff then he asks him for some weed and then he goes yep. across the street and sleeps with yep. uh, miss johnson and so uh that's the image that we see mm-hmm. when it's like how you gonna come around here talking about jesus talking about who you are in christ and yet i see you do using that that holiness as a guise in order to sl- slip under the radar and slip under the radar if you know what i'm saying <laughs> um and, yeah. and make this sexual impure act happen. Mm-hmm. And so it, it stains because then people look at all Christians and be like, y'all nasty. All y'all nasty. Like mm. I, I, a good friend of mine in college, when you're talking about the um, church camp hookups, mm-hmm. that was one thing that, that stained the church's witness in his life. Yeah. Was he was like, church people are like, I've seen more like hookups and more make out sessions in church youth group than I ever did mm-hmm. in any other area. This isn't my words. This was his <clears throat> words. Yeah. And, um, it really hurts our ability to minister to those who have been damaged sexually, who mm-hmm. are trying to recover from sexual addiction, who are looking yeah. for freedom from that. Yeah. Yet as a church, we, we overlook that and we just pick out, well, we don't like homosexuality. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, like you said, it, in, in terms of healing from sexual wounds mm-hmm. and ministering to those who have had sexual abuse in their past, who have been victims of certain things, uh, sex trafficking being one. Yeah. It is incredibly difficult to, help someone heal from these things when we can't even understand why these things are harmful to them. We can't even mm. give them a reason of like, well, the reason this is bad is because, you know, it's bad. It's, it's just, Jesus. you know, said. Jesus said it shouldn't do it. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to understand what, even going back to that image of marrying your spirit mm-hmm. and um, being one, like the, the act of sex is becoming one mm-hmm. with the other. And why is that possible? And how is that, distorted like why is it that there is a standard of what is good and how then do we move away from that and what causes us to move away from that well i really believe there's there's a self-seeking 
um, there's a, there's a pleasure seeking that happens in the self. Oh yeah, definitely. Like when Eve saw that the fruit was good mm-hmm. for making one wise and that it was to be desired. And it was like, yeah. she saw this and she, to feel desire is not just a, um, it's not a mental construct. Mm-hmm. We feel desire physically. And mm-hmm. anybody who's ever gone through puberty understands you feel desire physically. Yeah. And there's an element of um, immaturity that leads us to act on those desires when we don't understand why we have them and what they're meant for. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we don't have that understanding of a good sexual ethic, we will then act on those desires. We will then seek pleasure in and of ourselves. Yeah. And so it's interesting that we'll say to people, well, you can't do that thing. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Well, that's weird because you have an issue with voyeurism. Mm. And you're, you're actually getting the same pleasure out of watching yeah. young girls or watching young boys mm-hmm. that I would get from doing an act of something. You're getting the same self-seeking pleasure. So how can you tell me That's right. what I'm just doing is wrong, but what you're feeling in your heart and what you're trying to get within yourself to seek your own pleasure, the same issue that led to the fall in the first place. Yeah. Like, how can you tell me I'm wrong when you're doing the same thing? And that, that's, yeah. that is the stain. It's like, we don't understand that sexual impurity isn't, like you said, it's an act in and of the self, but it's an act to the self. Yeah. Not just done by the self. Then there's so many. Self, self, self. Issues well, and it, it, I mean, you're, you're 100% on track. I think the, um, the root of the sexual sin is taking someone made in the image of God and turning them into a, an object for our own self-gratification. Yep. Yep. And so it doesn't matter if it's a, an image on a screen. It doesn't matter if it's a, a text message from someone, if it's an image that we create in our mind through a book. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it, matter if the person's real. That yeah, you're creating it doesn't it matter. But the second you take sex from a, a mutually sacrificial act where uh, it's about the mutual connection mm-hmm. that God has given, where I'm here to serve and you're here to serve. And mm-hmm. um, when you take it out of that and you say, okay, well, I'm only here to get what I need from this. Mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter who the other person is. It doesn't matter if that's my spouse or, or whatever. Right. And so that then violates the image of God in the other person mm-hmm. that then reduces someone who God loves into an object for you to utilize for your own physical pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns your heart further away from compassion towards other people yeah. because now other people are not people. They're just vehicles for you to gain whatever it is you need. Yeah, and your body is no longer um, an instrument mm-hmm. of grace and peace and to yeah. be used for God's glory. of God. Your, your body is now an instrument of, of self-seeking pleasure and That's satisfaction. Right. And, and even satisfaction, mm. even being satisfied, yeah. ultimately our satisfaction is meant to be found in the Lord. Yes. And he is our sustainer. He is, he is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah That's Nisi, right. Jehovah Rot. Like he's all of these things to us to satisfy our Come need. On. That he created the need to be the fulfillment of that need. And so, so when, we, when we have that lack of satisfaction, we understand it's because of the fall. There's mm-hmm. so many things we can point to that, well, I'm not satisfied in this and my relationship isn't. And the enemy will use all of those things that may mm-hmm. be true. Yes, you're lacking in these things, but he will point those things back to, well, how can you then get those things on your own to satisfy yourself? Come on. And sex is one of the easiest ways because we all have organs. Mm-hmm. We have physical organs that we understand we can stimulate mm-hmm. on our own or with other objects and people to get that satisfaction. And so yeah. this isn't just a distortion of an act. Yeah. Um, this isn't just a violation on the missionary position. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for those of you that think that that's what this that's is. That's the only way to go, but. It's not. In marriage, it's not. <laughs> but this is a violation of the basic understanding of why we were created, mm. to be satisfied in God completely yeah. and wholly. And this is, this is physical satisfaction. This is emotional and spiritual satisfaction. Yeah. And, and how? Yeah. How can you testify to a world that's, that's stuck in that self-satisfaction, right? We're stuck in that, 
that immediate satisfaction loop in uh, social media, in mm. all of our interactions, in cancel yeah. culture, right? If you don't please me the way I want to be pleased, um, then I cut you off completely and I try to destroy your image. Um, like everything about this generation is fixated on um, immediate pleasure, immediate gain, immediate satisfaction, short-term goals. Mm -hmm. How can we, as the people of God, testify to the sustaining power of Christ, to the, mm. the, um, the satisfaction, I love that you, you use that word, the satisfaction that we find in Christ um, when we're just participating in the same rat race as everybody else. Yeah. We're like, yes, Jesus is my all in all, but you know what? I need a little something on the side. Jesus is my all in all, but eh, not in the bedroom. Like Jesus, like we have to understand that Christ is our all in all, yeah. not our sum in some. Like yeah. in every aspect, Christ has designed us to be fulfilled by his presence and that's yeah. not some weird sexual deviance that's saying that um that temporary and very momentary uh feeling of of euphoria that you feel when you're when you're that hormonal it, eruption yes when you're participating in in sexual acts right that is so much smaller than the sustaining and purpose-filled pleasure that God imparts in your life when mm -hmm. you're walking with him. Mm. And that's not me like aggrandizing anything. There are people that have lived their entire lives devoted to Christ um, faithfully and have done so celibately mm -hmm. because they have found that, that Christ is better. Yeah. And when we can look at the world and say, no, self-denial in these physical acts actually brings me deeper in a deeper pleasure than you'll ever know. Mm. Like then people look at us and be like, wait a second, what is this Jesus thing? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, cause you know, I have to keep running back to the well, right? That's what happened. To the woman at the well, she, she had to keep going back every day to get water. And Jesus said, if you knew who you were talking to, mm. if you knew the type of, of, of fountain of, of living water that yeah. I can give you, you would never have to come back to this. Well, yeah. using that as a euphemism for the, the sexual impurity of mm -hmm. this world, if you knew the depth and the, the joy that God can give you apart from um, sexual acts, right? Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are married, God gives you a deeper pleasure in sexual acts within the bounds of marriage than mm -hmm. you'll ever have outside of it. There's so much more fulfillment and joy and connection and oneness that God has blessed mm -hmm. the marriage bed with. Yeah. Um, but when you can point people to like, yeah, you think that's cool. There's like a meme going like, you think sex is cool, but <laughs> have you ever, and they always say something yeah. trivial like, you know, have you ever had Oreos? I exactly. Know. I don't know. Something silly. Um, <laughs> but if you think like sex is the big, the biggest thing that you can ever experience, like you're missing out on, mm. on the joy that life has in Christ. And if you're a believer and you're living with a worldly sexual ethic and you are, are striving and you're looking to the world, you're looking to pornography to be like, how do I have better sex? Because they mm. obviously they obviously are doing something great because they're getting paid for right, it. Right, because whatever we see in movies is definitely real. <laughs> That's right. all. It's always real. That's how action movies work, right? That's how you People blow stuff up in real life. <laughs> That's right. Just and walk in a room, start karate chopping stuff. And you throw the boomerang before you run in the room. If you get that reference, comment below. <laughs> uh, but if, um, if you think that you're looking at the world and you're saying, wow, how do I get more fulfillment? Let me look to them. You're, you're, you're chasing your tail. You're chasing pleasure. You're chasing a pleasure that you'll yeah. never find fulfillment in. Yeah. And that that's scriptural. Amen. Like in in um, so Solomon's writings, he talks about Hevel mm -hmm. and like pursuing all these things. It's vanity. Grasping the Grasping wind. Grasping the wind, trying to reach for more pleasure and more um, things that will bring that pleasure. It's it's all Hevel. It's all vanity. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it takes many of us years to learn that. Yeah. Um, it takes people 
generations to come to that conclusion. Um, but we have an entire like 66 book canon that tells us mm -hmm. these things and that proves these things for us. And I love how you use the woman at the well yeah. because um, she thought she had so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. and she, I mean, she had an awareness of things and she was like, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. So <laughs> tell me prophet. Like she's like every angle that she tries with Jesus, mm -hmm. he points back to like, look, I'm just going to level with you. Yeah. You playing even, all these games. And he, but... he even asks her at the end, like, or he says something to her about going uh, to get her husband. Mm -hmm. And he's like, she's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I know you had a lot. You had a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, and like, it's just crazy how he points back to the truth mm -hmm. with this perfect love that is, it's unabashed, mm -hmm. but it's real. It's like, look, I know you have issues. I know you have issues in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I know we've got issues with this. And I'm here to tell you, if you knew the truth, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would stop seeking the pleasure that you've been seeking in these relationships. That's right. And I think that's what God says to his church ultimately. If you Amen. knew who it was that called you out of darkness, if you really knew me, mm -hmm. how many times do we see God telling us, I am? All the pointing time. Pointing to himself. All the time. I am. I, I am. Mm -hmm. And I will. And this is who I am. It's what I do. It's I what I do, baby. <laughs> I am who I says I am. I knew to this. And he repeats Truth it so this. often because it's not that we need to be retaught. But we need to be reminded constantly because yeah. if you knew who it was that spoke to you, you would know who it is that you're meant to find ultimate pleasure and satisfaction in. And that's, I think that's such a stain on the church because yeah. we are massaging these things so often. We are setting up these Asherah poles and we are mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, it's okay to do this because, you know, we can, we can slide in a little bit of scripture and make this okay. Yeah. And that's well, cheap grace. And what I love that you keep bringing up the Asherah pole because what people forget is that when Israel sinned in the uh, religions of the other people that they were around, right? The, the other people in the land of Canaan, mm -hmm. when they set up their high places and their Asherah poles, um, which if you don't know the Asherah poles, where they would go have wild, crazy sex with prostitutes in order to worship this false God. Um, but they never stopped going to temple. Right. They never stopped. Like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, we we're going to forget sacrifices. We're just only going to do this thing. Mm -mm. What they did was they said, oh, we'll, we'll go to Yahweh for um, forgiveness of our sins and provision and provision. No, not just for, for forgiveness of our sins, but when we need a crop to come in, we're going to go to the Asherah pole. When mm -hmm. we need, um, a fertility, we're going to yep. go worship this other God. And so yep. what we're doing as Christians is we're doing the exact same thing as mm -hmm. we're living in this impurity. We're saying, Oh yeah, we'll go to Jesus for hope for a future. But when I need temporal satisfaction, I'm going to skin a max. Like mm. there's like this, I'm going to flip open my phone and put on privacy mode when, when I need an immediate fix. Yeah. Instead of understanding that, no, there, you can't have it both ways. You have yeah. to pursue what God has in your life in the immediate and in the long term. And that's if you want to be a witness to the world, if, you, right. if you want to continue living a halfway faith mm -hmm. and you know, you deal with that on your own eventually, then, yeah. you know, okay, that's you do you. But if you are in the church and you are saying that you want to be a witness to the world, you want to be a light, you want to be salt to the earth, and you're saying these things and you're proclaiming this is what you want to represent, yeah. there has to be, and I think we can move into practicality with this, yeah, there definitely. has to be some things you need to start doing in order to actually live that out. And one of those is the greatest thing I think that um, we can point to as a practical thing for Christians is to remove the log Come on. from your own eye. Because we, do, eye, we do a lot of calling out the spec. Mm -hmm. And there's some big specs like, uh, that is clearly an issue. Yes. And yes. we need to identify that. But That's one of the cool. things Jesus said is you have to be able to acknowledge there's a log in your own eye. Yeah. And the, the only way people are going to hear your direction or your, um, your gentle guidance back to the truth of scripture and back to the truth 
of Jesus is if you can identify the areas in your life that are pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you can say, wow, I had to overcome sexual impurity. I had to overcome pornography. I had to overcome um, these addictions, these sexual addictions, whatever it is. And now I'm, I'm walking in this purity. Um, and I'm, I've got that log removed. And now I see someone about to fall into that trap. I can mm-hmm. speak from experience and say, hey, listen, I've been there. I've done that. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how empty it is. Let me now help you see where that issue is. Instead, what, what comes off when we're pointing out the spec is you guys are so terrible. You're doing everything wrong. And then the world immediately turns and sees a log like, well, what about you? And so when you can acknowledge like, oh, yeah, I've messed up. And that's the only way I can tell you that this is wrong. And, and acknowledge it from the root of it, not just like, oh, yeah, I used to do that thing. No. Yeah. You know, I thought that having sex was the way that I would gain satisfaction and validity mm-hmm. in a relationship. Yeah. That's that's what I thought. I really believed that. And then being able to say like, and so I recognize that this act is not just an act. I recognize that this is a way that you can seek validation. Like that, that yeah. builds something more than just stop doing that. It's gross. <laughs> Ew. No. Yucky. Yuck. I disagree with what you Quit like. it. Yeah. And I then, disagree with you. And it, it, it becomes something different. So the, yeah. the yeah. other thing that we can do practically, um, Christians, is reclaim a right sexual ethic in the church. And what I mean by that mm. is not, um, all right, listen, Get the, the board between you until you're married and then move it. <laughs> and then Missionary you, only. And only when you're going to have a baby. No, what <laughs> I mean is reclaim sex as the beautiful gift that God has blessed a marriage with. Yeah. And, and teach our, our upcoming generations that this is a, a great thing that God has given to marriage. And mm-hmm. it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something mm-hmm. to run from uh, because the, the world has tried to claim sex for so long mm-hmm. but sex again sex is god's idea mm-hmm. the devil didn't come along and be like "Ooh, erogenous zones i'm gonna put that on there no like like god created all that he created the pleasure of sex on purpose yes and so we as the church have we can own that and be like no yeah. this is for us this yeah. is our thing there's a reason that adam saw even and was like saw was, that she was good was like had what was good about her like <laughs> She was different from him. There's some, some good going on there. Yeah, like he, he knew, he knew well, what it was. Yeah. He already and knew also, I think it's important to teach that sexual ethic that sex is not the initiation of something mm. alone. It is the outpouring Ooh, of something. Come on. Sex, sex should be that. the overflow. That's right. If you know, if you're married, sometimes it's the overflow. That's it's right. like, you know, I had a, it was a good Sunday. We worshiped <laughs> the Lord and I had a good meal and there's an overflow. That's right. There's an overflow. I had a good week. <laughs> I just, you know, we were serving each other. It was some things that, Hey baby, you look good. Oh, a little, little touch here, a little hug here. It's an overflow That's right. of what we have as a gift from the Lord. That's it right. is not an initiation into something. It is not the proving of something that's right. alone. It is, it is an overflow. And so I think that's an ethic that needs to be taught mm, um, so and, and modeled in a healthy way. Yeah. Also, um, you need an accountability partner. You do. You got to have it. Period. If you, um, whether or not you can identify things where you stumble right now, mm-hmm. even if you, you waited till you were married, you have a very full sex life. You're like, you know, I'm good. You still need an accountability partner. Someone who is the same sex as you. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully who's in a similar position in life, who is married also, or who's also single. Yeah. Who, um, you trust. Um, maybe there's somebody who's a little bit older than you mm-hmm. or has more experience in, um, these areas that, um, than you do who yeah. you can go to and say, look, this is something that I see as a problem in my sexual ethic. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, look, I look at porn help. It may be, yeah. but you need one or two. You look, 
um, what is it? One will easily stumble, but with um, the cord of three strands is not yeah. easily broken. That's right. right. Yeah. Did I just mix up several parts? No, it's, it's in there. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Look it up. It's in the thing. Um, Read you, it. you need that. You yeah. need accountability. That is one of the practical things that will help to restore the sexual ethic in the church because you have a group here and you have this meeting here and you have these people you can talk to here that you can trust. Yeah. And then we start to see transformation in our relationships and a better um, witness to the world. Because if someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling and you know, I'm really feeling tempted in this area, you can say, oh, hey, you know, I have an accountability partner mm-hmm. and you know, I would love to be that for you, but let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's dive into it in an honest discussion where there's no condemnation and no, no judgment. Yeah. Um, for you. And one of the things I said at the beginning of this episode is that this uh, stain thrives in secrecy. Mm. And so one of the biggest ways to kill something that thrives in the dark is to shed light on it. And so um, a, a lot of times our sexual impurities can seem like uh, a mountain to climb. It can seem like such a monster, an ogre yeah. that's terrorizing you at night that mm. that is looming every time you're alone that like you feel like, oh man, I'm going to have to give in to this thing mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. Um, but it only has that power as you keep it secret. Yep. The second you open up and, and recruit someone in the fight with you and mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is an issue I have. All of a sudden, God, through his, the way he works in that situation, it takes the power away from that thing yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I'm speaking from experience. It, 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 it removes the stronghold when you can recruit someone and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, Whenever I'm in this position, I struggle. Mm-hmm. And so next time I'm in this position, I, I'm going to call you or mm-hmm. even shoot a text. Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. Can you, can you pray for me right mm-hmm. now? And in that moment, you're not alone in the battle. This thing that says you're going to be rejected, this, um, this feeling or this wound that you have mm-hmm. that's saying you have to give in to this sexual issue, um, it loses all power. Yeah. And part of, I think, uh, going beyond accountability is some people need counseling, not just accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> as Christians... I, I am glad that the culture is shifting because for so long a, um, a counselor was seen as a weakness mm. to your faith. And I think now mm. um, more than not, people are understanding that you can have uh, a thriving relationship with Christ and have a counselor. Yeah. Like they're not mutually exclusive. It's yeah. not one or the other. And God will use godly counsel in order to bring about your best interest. Yeah. And so good. I think men and women, you need accountability mm-hmm. and you need, and, or sometimes in addition to, um, counseling, it's, yeah. it's a great thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of mm-hmm. or to run from. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's especially if you have found yourself, um, in a position of trying to heal from sexual trauma yes. or sexual abuse. So good. Um, because a lot of times these things are connected, um, mm-hmm. sexual abuse and trauma, um, can lead to a propensity to have a, a warped sexual ethic mm-hmm. and understanding of healthy boundaries. And so these are things that y- that are available to you. And honestly, yeah. if you find yourself in a position where you're like, I don't even know where to start to look for one, reach out to us. We have many resources. We have many um, like digital resources. We have different people we can connect you with mm-hmm. that can at least help you to start that conversation and start um, healing from some Amen. of this um, these issues. So, so good. Yeah, this has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.